Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. We're going to be talking about one of my very favorite topics today, and I believe one of the most, if not the most, important topic that we could ever talk about. We're going to be talking about knowing and feeling the love of God. Now, keep in mind, Jesus said that the most important commandment of all and that all commandments should be interpreted from this, is that we'd love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength, and we'd love our neighbor as ourself. This tells me that every interaction that I have with God should cause me to fall more deeply in love with Him, more deeply in love with people, and be able to love myself the way God loves me. And if it's not doing all three of those things, then the truth is I'm off base on how I'm interpreting love and, and how I'm understanding it. Listen, I've got some incredible truth for you that's going to change every aspect of your life, so don't go away. I'll be right back. You know, I've got a great free gift for you this month. It's a message called The Extravagant Love of God. I want to tell you something. I want you to get saturated in how much God loves you because then you're going to fall in love with Him and your life is going to work the way it's supposed to. Now, if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure right now to click the like button. You know, every time you do that, you're going to help thousands of people around the world have the opportunity to discover more about how much God incredibly and extravagantly loves them. Now, we're talking about knowing and feeling the love of God. I want to address this word know just for a minute because this is so important. You know, somehow we've got this concept of that loving God isn't like loving another the person. That is some kind of totally different emotion. And that really, it's almost like people don't think God actually feels what we feel. Now stop and think about it. We're created in the likeness and image of God. Therefore, anything we can feel, He can feel. And the real difference between Him and us in that, in that respect is the fact that He does not get led by His feelings. When we hurt Him, He continues to love us. When we are unfaithful, the Bible says He continues to be faithful. And the Bible says, in fact, that the very reason that we are not destroyed is because He never, ever, ever changes. But this word no is just such a key word. You see what I'm running into? I'm running into people who can quote scripture about the love of God. I'm running into people who have, you know, their doctrine all ironed out about the love of God and their answer for everything is that, is that God loves them. But what I'm also seeing in that same group of people is that they themselves are really not walking in love. They're, instead of getting more established in faith and seeing more of their life becoming like Jesus, it's almost like less of their life is becoming like Jesus. And you realize that according to the scripture, if we are feeling not just uh, not just having the right doctrine about the love of God, not just quoting scriptures about the love of God, not just having an intellectual discussion about the love of God. If we are feeling the love of God the same way we would feel 
an exchange of love between us and the most significant person in our life. That's what it should feel like multiplied times about a thousand. And so if we're feeling this or we're experiencing this, then that's where all transformation takes place. I mean, you you know, most of what we spend our lives trying to do because we want to live for God, because we want to live God's lives, would happen effortlessly if we just actually connect it to the love of God in a way that we experience it. Remember, Jesus said this is life to know or to experience and feel the Father and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. So the Apostle John, when he talks about love, is never just talking about information or doctrine. He is talking about an intimate relationship between two beings that 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 there's an interchange or there's an exchange of giving and receiving love and feeling valuable, feeling precious, feeling important, feeling significant. Uh, uh, both of them are feeling that way as a result of how they're being treated. Now, in, in 1 John, the Apostle John is addressing some people who, first of all, had twisted beliefs about Jesus' true identity as the Son of God. Now, uh, you have to understand, and it's, we lose this in our, not only our, our translation into the English, but we lose this not knowing the historical background. Because these people he was talking to, they believed that Jesus was the Son of God, but they also believed that Lucifer was the Son of God. And so, so if they said Jesus was the Son of God, uh, that didn't mean they believed it the way the Bible taught it, the way God testified to it. So John talks about knowing Jesus as the Son of God, but he also talked about how we could see that functioning in our life. So we have proof that that's, that that's how we really see God. And we really do see and experience Him as the Son of God based on the Scripture, not just based on some cult doctrine. You see, they, they had incorporated much like it is today. You know, today the church is full of really occult doctrine, full of political correctness, full of progressive ideas that do nothing but call God a liar and spit in his face, literally trampling under underfoot the blood of Jesus because, because we're saying something has changed and that God has changed. No, God has not changed. His word has not changed. And if, and if we're seeing God so negative and seeing his word so negative, we need to believe it's changed so we can feel all right about God, then we're never really understanding it, interpreting it, and believing it the way God spoke it and the way God intended it. So, like it is today, they had incorporated much occult doctrine into their interpretation of the Scripture. So, when reading the book as a whole, and I'm talking about 1 John, we see that he's not presenting Jesus as a Son of God, but the Son of God, and very specifically, the way the Scripture describes it. So, if we believe that He's the Son of God, then we see Him as the only scriptural means of salvation, and we participate in that salvation by personal, individual faith, the way the Bible teaches. And there's no other name given under heaven whereby men might be saved. Now, He's also acknowledging that as the Son of God, that Jesus literally became a man in every way, became our sin, and the and the fruit of knowing Jesus more than anything else was uh, was love 
as God defines it. Now, what I want to do, I want to jump into some scriptures here, and I'm going to try to cover as much ground as possible because, because, you know, we've been talking for the last several weeks about connecting to the love of God because I wanted to get some of that functional aspect of it, of it, uh, defined before we got this far. But, you know, now we're going to get into the whole concept of knowing and feeling the love of God. First John 4, 15 says this, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God abides in him and he in God. Now, Again, this is believing that he is the son of God according to scripture, not according to your philosophy, not according to uh, your church's doctrine, not according to your denominational's doctrine, not based on what your mother, your father, or anybody else said. You know something? I wish I could tell every person that calls themselves a Christian, every person that calls himself by the name of the Lord, open your Bible and read it for yourself. You say, I can't understand it. Well, you know something? Nobody can understand a book they never read. Get you a translation that makes sense and start reading the New Testament, at least the Gospels, over and over and again until you have your head wrapped around and your heart wrapped around who Jesus is and who, who God declares him to be. So he's the son of God according to scriptures, not according to philosophy. So it says you've got to confess the son of God. Now, confessing him as the son of God is more than just saying the words with your mouth. I can remember when I first got saved, I, you know, I was a street minister, and I'm not talking about somebody who just screamed on street corners. I was out where, you know, where there were concerts. I was out where there were people milling around. I was out where the hippies hung out sharing Jesus. And, uh, and I, I met a couple other guys that were street ministers here in Huntsville, and they weren't sure about me because they didn't know me. They didn't know if I was really a believer or not. So I'll never forget. They asked me one day, they said, okay, can you say this? Re repeat after me and see if you can say this. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I said it, and they said, oh, okay, well, we're, we're, we're cool now because obviously you're a believer because the Bible says that, you know, that you have to be able to confess that. It's, it's amazing. It amazes me that we can become so ignorant when we open our Bibles. Matter of fact, that's one of the first things my past, my first pastor ever told me. He said, incredibly intelligent people open the Bible and instantly lose their minds. See, the word confess means to say the same thing. So this is not a mere mental acknowledgement. It's not just about the, the ability to verbalize the words. This is an acknowledging, if you're saying the same thing, of what the Word of God says and also acknowledging what your heart is actually believing. See, I want to tell you something. A, a confession is always found in three places for the believer. It's always found in your mouth, in your heart, and in the Bible. And if it's not found at all three of those places, it really doesn't qualify for a biblical confession. But see, John doesn't stop there. In order to qualify what he has stated, he goes on to explain what that would look like. In other words, what, what would it look like if we're confessing Jesus as the Son of God? We're really believing on him. What would that really look like to believe that Jesus is who he says he is? Well, he says, he says what's going to happen is you're going to abide in him. Now that word abide means to stay in one place, to remain as one, and also to stand in opposition to that which would contradict that position that you're in. So in the, in the first few verses of the book of first John, you know, he taught us all about remaining in fellowship with Jesus, and he talked to us about the fact that sin affects that. It doesn't affect it because God changes. It affects it because we change. The Bible tells us our wicked works alienate us from God in our mind, and that's why we have to take steps when, when that alienation starts happening in our life. And so, so he always abides with us, 
even when internally we have moved ourselves away from him. Listen, don't go away. I'll be right back because you really want to connect to this. You know, there is nothing more important for every aspect of your spiritual life, your physical life, your emotional life, than knowing and feeling the love of God. Yes, I said feeling. I'm not talking about just having information, just quoting verses. I'm talking about experiencing a connection with God that you can feel when you feel the love of God. And don't forget to be sure and click the like button if you're watching us on YouTube. We want to get this out to thousands and thousands and millions and millions of people all over the world. And you can, you can help me do that. Now, in, the, in this book of 1 John, there's several things that John is really driving home. Number one, he's driving home how to really identify a believer and how to even identify if you are, in fact, remaining in fellowship with God as a believer. Secondly, he's, he teaches us how to resolve these issues about uh, about remaining in fellowship with God. And third, he teaches us about how to avoid condemnation, which causes us to feel disconnected from God, which causes us to move away from the place of fellowship. And, and we have to believe the truth about Jesus and who he is, if that's what we want to have happen in our life. So, so he, he, he's teaching us how to stay connected with God, how to, how to clear and cleanse our conscience whenever we, whenever we find ourselves moving away from God or moving in anything other than love. But I'm going to tell you something. John taught us these basics and taught us the value of what it is to know and feel the love of God. Now, in the, in the group that John was ministering to, there was this, there were these two extreme beliefs and they were all incorporated into Christianity and have been and still are preached on various levels to this very day. One is that they were taught that any kind of, any kind of pleasure is sin. Now, I want to tell you something. That, that concept may not be as extreme, but that concept is still around the church world today. There are people that feel like you're, you're not supposed to enjoy life. You're not supposed to enjoy anything. And, and that if you're enjoying something, it's probably wrong and you better get ready for God to take it away from you, to test you and see if you love. That's all a bunch of religious hooey that's designed to destroy your faith in the loving God. But then there was another group among them that were called ascetics, um, or excuse, excuse me, those were the ascetics that says that any, any pleasure is sin and any material thing is sin. And, but then there was a, another group who kind of presented this idea that really sin has no consequences whatsoever because after all, if I sin, I only do that in my flesh and I'm a spirit being. So now that I'm a spirit being. That sin that's in my flesh has nothing to do with who I am. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect my relationship with God. And both of those are extremes that are designed to take you away from faith and the finished work of Jesus and the resurrection and the lordship of Jesus. And so, so John presents the idea of a love relationship that revolves around both parties walking in love toward one another. So in verse 16, he goes on to say, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us because God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Now, this is the acknowledgement of the core nature of God. 
God is love. This is why God said the most important thing is that you love me, you love others, and you love yourself. Because remember, he said to love others as you love yourself. If you don't have value for yourself, you will not have value for other people, and you will not treat other people the way God's love teaches us to treat people. So it, here's, a, here's a question I have. If God's core nature is love, how do we twist it around to make it look like God's beating us up and God's trying to hurt us and God's doing all these bad things? Well, people say, well, well, see, that, that's just God's love in a way that we don't understand. Yeah. He killed your child, uh, because in some, you know, he was ready for an angel in heaven. He let that tornado hit your house because, uh, he loved you and you'll figure out what that, you know, what that all means later. I want to tell you something. That's, that's lies, 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 lies. God does not do bad things to you to teach you about his love. Uh, if anybody else did you that way, you would hate their guts. And the real truth is, I believe there's a lot of professing, uh, they are Christians. They're, they're wanting to walk with God that are angry at God. Matter of fact, I talk to Christians all the time that are angry at God. They're holding on to Him because they know they need Him, but they're angry because they have believed what, what religion has said. Now remember, the prophet Isaiah said, this is why people blaspheme, blaspheme the name of God continuously is because of this, of this idiotic, uh, stuff that has been taught by leaders for generations. So God's basic core is love. God is love. And if you abide in love, you abide in God. Now, you have to understand some of these people that, that uh, John was preaching to, they believe that the Creator's core nature was wrath and judgment and law. And, and they had this, they, they believed that, uh, that you could tell that God was a God of wrath and, and God of law and he was angry because look at all the bad stuff that goes on in the world. Well, see, that's a fundamental rejection of the fact that God created us in his own likeness and image and gave us authority in planet earth. See, people who, who look at all the struggles in planet earth and say, why doesn't God do something about this? I got news for you. God is looking at us saying, why don't you do something about this? Why don't you bring my love to the world? Because I'm giving you love. I'm, I'm not killing you for your sins. I'm not beating you up. I'm not out to get you. So why don't you, why don't you take some of this to the rest of the world? Now, I want you to realize something. If God is love, and John is really hitting this, if God is love, it is in fact an impossibility to abide in God if I am not abiding in love. Likewise, it's an impossibility to abide in love if I'm not truly abiding in God. And the reality of it is, you know, the Bible says that, that he who does not love does not know God. And the concept there is not to say you never met God. It's not even saying that you're not saved, but it's saying at this moment, if you are not experienced, experiencing and expressing the love of God to other people, then the reality of it is you are not experiencing the love of God. And see, that's what happens when all these weird doctrines get in. You know, man, I, I'm telling you, I see people all over America, talk to people all over America that, 
like I said, they, they will fight and argue with you about the love of God, and they're miserable. They're unhappy. They are not people of faith. They have given up their faith. They don't believe in miracles, signs, and wonders like the Bible teaches. They don't believe in, in God even interacting in their life. Most of them don't even hardly, that I talk to, don't even pray anymore and don't even read their Bible anymore. It's like, God loves me. That just makes everything all right. So I'm just going to do what I can do to be happy, and God is just obligated to keep on loving me. Man, I want to tell you something. That's not the way this thing works. You've learned. And if you haven't listened to my previous uh, five messages about connecting to the heart of God, go back and listen to those because I'm going to tell you, uh, uh, if we're going to connect to God through love, then, then there's got to be this mutual tr trust. There's got to be this mutual respect. There's got to be this mutual consideration for how we make one another feel. But the truth of it is, if I am abiding in, in God and experiencing God at this moment, I'm going to be experiencing love. I'm going to feel it and I'm going to want to give it to other people. It's just going to come out of me. I ain't going to be able to help it. But see, when we, when we twist, you know, the truth about what Jesus did, the fact that he came, became our sin, the fact that he, he died the death we should have died, took the punishment we should have taken, was alienated from God like we should have been, died and went to Hades like we should, use his faith to be raised from the dead so we won't ever have to face death. Um, cast Satan out of heaven so we wouldn't have to fight with him. Uh, uh, um, sat down at the right hand of God, received an inheritance so that we wouldn't have to try to get it individually. When we start believing the truth about what Jesus really did for us, we see the love of God. And I'm going to tell you, when we experience the love of God and we give that love to other people, that's when that love is actually perfected or brought to its completion. John 4, 17 says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Now again, God's goal is perfect love. And perfect love is love that is experienced, that is reciprocated to the one who gives it, and is given to those who, who don't even deserve it or, or who you don't even know. You see, that's one of the clear distinctions. If I am not falling in love with God in a way that dramatically changes my reverence for Him, my love for Him, uh, my, my value, my, my high regard, how precious He is to me. If that's not what's happening, then I either have a hard, wicked heart or I'm not really experiencing the love of God. I'm just spouting off some scriptures about it because love perfected changes me and changes the way that I treat others. And it tells us here that, that this happens. We, we are perfect love. It says that, that this helps us in the day of judgment. You know, the day of judgment, yes, it could be talking about the end, but the, the truth is in this context here, this is talking about uh, the day of condemnation. We know that because John in this same chapter, chapter actually the pre, uh, previous chapter in this chapter, talks about us walking in love toward other people and the fact that when we don't walk in love toward others, our heart condemns us. Now, yes, it says God's greater than our heart. People will quote that and say, well, you know, if your heart condemns you, God's greater than your heart. That doesn't mean that that you don't worry about your heart being condemned because even though God's greater than your heart, if you're not experiencing that love, you're going to be experiencing condemnation when you treat people wrong. And, and yes, if we turn back to God, if we reconnect with God, if we enter back into fellowship with Him through the Lord Jesus, then we immediately reconnect to that love. Now remember, He didn't take it away from us, but we, 
hid ourselves from it. We removed from it. You know, I was just reading today in the Hebrew in the Old Testament. You know, when, when, when God came looking for Adam in the garden, the, you know, the English says that, that, that God said, well, Adam, you know, where are you? And God said, well, we hid ourselves from you because we were naked. You know, if, if God's omnipotent and omniscient, he, he knew where Adam was. He, there was no need for him to be walking around the garden looking for Adam. And, and, you know, and the real truth is in the Hebrew, he was walking through the garden crying, saying something more like, whoa, it's me. I'm filled with sorrow. I'm overcome with sorrow. And Adam's, and that's what that word would say according to, to uh, that we translate as, you know, where are you? And Adam wasn't just hiding from God. He was hiding from the presence of God. You know what? That's what we do when our heart condemns us. We move away from the presence of God. You know, we'll talk about God. We'll talk about our doctrine. You know, we, we'll go to churches that, that that don't experience much of the presence of God, but we don't want to feel His presence because that makes us feel naked and vulnerable. Don't go away. I'll be back with a mentoring moment in just a second. Many things just change in your life effortlessly. Number one, when you feel the love of God, your self-worth is transformed and you start experiencing and having this sense of incredible value that God has for you. Second thing that happens when you're experiencing the love of God is your faith explodes because faith works by love. In other words, the more you experience God's love, the more you trust Him. And when you experience God's love, you're going to find that you will effortlessly uh, show love to other people because when you are knowing and experiencing God's love, it just comes out of you. This is going to be one of the most important series you've ever had. I hope you're making plans to join me in Huntsville, Alabama for Impact World Changer Weekend. You know, every year our world changers come here together. We just have a big celebration. We enjoy God. We have incredible worship. We have incredible special music and we have an incredible word of God. And I'll tell you this year, I'm going to be talking about the ultimate revelation, the ultimate manifestation of God. I'm telling you, this is going to be something that's going to open your eyes in ways that are just going to stabilize your faith and stabilize your life and open your eyes to more aspects of God's goodness than you ever imagined. So be sure July 14th through the 16th plan to be here. Now listen, there's no registration fee, but because of limited space, you have to register. And if you've never been to one of these, uh, be sure and make it to this one. And if you've got friends that you want to bring with you as a world changer, you're welcome to bring your friends as long as they're all registered so we can have enough room because it's going to be a party. You're going to have a great time. I want to see you here. Listen, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure at the end of this segment, and we'll take you just a couple of seconds to subscribe to this YouTube channel. And not only will you get uh, contacted about every offer that I have and free things that are going to come to you, but also you'll help thousands and thousands of other people have the chance to hear these messages. Now, listen, the Bible tells us that that we love him because he first loved us. Well, I'll tell you. 30 years ago, religion put all the emphasis on you've got to love God. And it turned into some twisted, I don't know what kind of religious mess of trying to, to force yourself to be in love with God. And, you know, and I was probably the first voice that came out and started addressing that we had too much emphasis on us loving God and not enough emphasis on God loving us. Well, you know what? Religious people, a, a different kind of religion took that and said, well, then it's not even important if we love God. It's only important that he loves us. Well, I want to tell you something. Evidently, people who take that position, I, I would hate to be their spouse. I'd hate to live in their household if, if, uh, 
You know, if, if my wife loving me is enough and it doesn't matter if I love her or not, I ain't got any concept of a relationship. I have no concept of what it means to be in love and to express love. Because the reality of it is, and you need to ask yourself, do I put effort into knowing, you know, the information about God's love? Do I put effort into taking that into a relationship to experience God's love? And do I put effort in making sure that I am acknowledging how much I love God and I'm growing the love of God? Now, keep in mind, love more than anything else is probably value. What would you do to increase your value for God? Well, first of all, number one, like I said, go to the Scripture and look for and understand His value for you. And you find that more than any place in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Read everything you can about what Jesus went through. Look at my series, Three Days to Change the World, whatever. But then the second thing that you want to do is you want to look for everything in your life that causes you to value and appreciate God and start expressing it to Him. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.